Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. It's unfortunate, but we're just going to do it. We're going to talk about the new Kardashian spawn. We can't avoid it. We can't. It It sucks. It's going to be part of a larger conversation. (laughs) It's indicative of where where we are in culture. In 2018, certainly celebrity culture. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much real estate to get into. Yeah. And of course, a lot of updates from the Call Me By Your Name Oscar campaign. If you thought we were not going to talk about the tracksuits, then you do not know me at all. <laughs> Let's just get into it. Kylie's baby is here. Kylie Jenner has basically not been in public since she was pregnant. Yeah. The last time I can remember her being in public was at um, the wedding of Trevor Ariza, who's on the Houston Rockets. Okay. And she was there because Travis Scott performed at his, at the wedding because Travis Scott is like really tight with James Harden and Harden's tight with Trevor Ariza. And it's like the whole Houston basketball cabal. Just an incredible source to say insight. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. The wedding was in Dana Point. It was in July. And it was in July. Yes. Okay. That was the last time. And she was wearing like a red pantsuit. It's the last time I think she was like out in right. public. And she has been conspicuously absent. Partly because, like, the Kardashians were just in public all the time. That's what they do. And when she was on Instagram or when you saw photos of her, they were cropped in such a way that um, her stomach or any kind of pregnancy indicators were not shown. In the Calvin Klein ad, she's underneath a quilt. Yeah. So it became – and there were a few paparazzi photos where it looked like possibly she might be pregnant. Yes. And the internet's been on, like, drive. The TMZ was, like, essentially stalking her for footage. They got it about two weeks ago when when she and her best friend and Chris went to look at the construction site of a home for someone. Right. They said it was for Kylie, but that's not confirmed. So there's been, like, a ton of speculation about where Kylie is and whether she's pregnant. The We should note that the annual Kardashian Christmas card debacle – um, really played into this. Instead of doing their normal Christmas card, it's kind of like an event if you care sure. about the Kardashians, which Juliet does not care about the Kardashians. We'll reiterate that throughout the <laughs> podcast. But this year they did like an advent calendar to the reveal and Kylie wasn't in any of the first 24 days of the photos. So everyone assumed that on, on Christmas they would reveal Kylie with the baby bump. Right. And then she was not there. And then people were, like, concerned. I spent a lot of the Christmas to New Year's break just being like, where's Kylie to people? (laughs) People were concerned. It was, like, being discussed. It was – and it's unnatural for them. They are – their whole fame is built on availability and visibility. Yes, absolutely. And it just makes no sense. And and meanwhile – Kim and Kanye confirmed that they are using a surrogate, but no one knows who the surrogate was. Chicago West was born, more more on her, a couple weeks ago. And also, meanwhile, meanwhile, Khloe Kardashian announced her pregnancy with a Craven Calvin Klein ad. So there's just a lot going on in the pregnancy space. She's been like, Khloe's been extremely vocal about it. We've seen a lot of baby bumps. Yes. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden, it was confirmed that Stormy Webster had arrived. Okay. Here's one thing I did want to say about before we go to the name. Okay. Before we go to the name, which is like its own segment. There were several like false reports of, oh, Kylie's at Cedar Sinai. Kylie's in labor. At some point, there was a like crazy theory that Kylie was the surrogate of mm-hmm. Kim and Kanye, which is not true. But I was thinking about how hard it is actually to cover up pregnancy. And yeah. she didn't totally because we all were suspicious of it. But it was not rumored that she was in labor. No. She controlled the announcement of it. It reminded me of Beyonce, right? That it is, it costs so much and is such a signifier of wealth and success at this point to just be able to keep a secret like that. Totally. Which is really fascinating. It speaks also to the, to how they've really drilled down on like who their staff is and like who they work with and who's around them. Yeah. And like they just sort of operate in their own bubble now. 
that like occasionally comes into contact with like the rest of the world. Completely. It's a whole universe. And yeah. that's really confused. Confirmed um, it. And the other thing about her announcement, which is important for what's going to come next, is that she was like, I really wanted this to be private. I really wanted to experience this without the public. Right. Thank you for respecting my privacy during that time. It's been such an amazing experience. And then, and that was like part of the announcement, um, which I believe came on Friday, right? That the child was born or sometime over the weekend. I think it came like four hours before the Super Bowl. Oh, so it was on Sunday. Yeah, you're right. It was on Sunday. And then on Monday morning, they released, before the name is out, they released a 12-minute YouTube video called To Our Daughter Mm -hmm. on the official Kylie Jenner YouTube page. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not an expert on the YouTube economy. Sure. However, if you post a video to YouTube and it gets like hundreds of millions of views, Mm -hmm. you get some money off of that. I think you do. You get some revenue. You might share with YouTube, Google, Cool, Alphabet Corp, whatever. But you know who else is getting money off that? It's Kylie Jenner, the second most profitable Jenner Kardashian of the bunch. It's uncomfortable. The whole thing is really a bummer, kind of, because there is this element of her not wanting to share it, which is her right. And in a way is kind of like what a normal person would want to do. And I think you and I are both, I'm a little more fascinated, but we are both kind of skeptical of uh, the Kardashians availability. Sure. It's not how we would live our lives necessarily. Certainly not. And they certainly do mine all personal lives for content and fame in a way that is both innovative and kind of queasy making at times. Sure. It's, like, extremely shrewd, and, like, you have to, on the one hand, like, commend Chris for the empire that she thought could be possible and has has made possible. But on the other hand, Kylie Jenner is 20 years old. Yeah. She's not been the Travis Scott for that long. No. And they made this video. It has, like, it it interviewed Kylie's various friends, some of whom are famous by way of the show, some of whom are not, talking about, like, how happy she was and how beautiful it is and how great it is. And, like, that's all, like, really nice sentiment. But, like, this isn't normal. Like, I, I I don't know. If I were 20 and my boyfriend of X number of months, less than a year, got me pregnant, it would be, like, kind of a crisis. It's true. It wouldn't just be, like, this, like, beautiful story. And, like, I'm not a celebrity and I know, like, her the terms of her life are very different than a normal person but like to pretend like this is just like some normal like regular person having a daughter yeah. is bizarre and not truthful and um in some ways counterproductive to like what the original kardashian appeal was yeah and i'm not gonna i think if she wants to have a baby and she's excited about it then that's, that's great, great. babies are fantastic yeah. i was talking with um a friend of the podcast katie weaver who mm. writes for gq and she this was before stormy was born which i still can't believe that's the name we'll come back to it and she was telling me about an interview that Kylie did, I, I think, a couple years ago. And she's just talking about how she's 16 years old and feels really overwhelmed by a lot of what she's doing. And she says the right things about feeling grateful and knowing that she lives a blessed life. But I'm just going to read this. She says, the interviewer asks, you do feel like you missed out on a lot of stuff? And she says, I do. I feel like I'm going to look back and be like, damn, I wish I could have just been a kid and done normal teenage stuff that my friends get to do. But it is also a blessing. And I've done so many things that most 35-year-old women still haven't done. You can look at anything glass half full or whatever. Like yesterday, I realized that I'm 18, I'm a female, and I've accomplished so much. But she keeps going. She talks about being bullied since she was nine. That's sad. She talks about how she doesn't want any more attention. She doesn't like wearing makeup anymore. It just keeps going on and on. The length of it, it's an interview, is really long and just leads me to believe. Where was that printed? 
It's an interview magazine. Oh. It's an interview in interview, which is extremely confusing. <laughs> Sorry. But um, Katie was making the point, and I haven't stopped thinking about it, of just how she started really young. Yeah. She's never known anything out of this. It wasn't really her choice. It was chosen for her. And she seems pretty uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And oh, while I kind of respect her decision to keep it private and do it on her terms, sure. it doesn't totally seem like that's out of a choice of strength. It com- seems like it's a choice out of like feeling cornered. Yeah. And it bums me out. Yeah. I, f- I feel the same way. I think the whole thing is sad. I also think that she very noticeably had like a physical transformation before yes. before she got pregnant. She just went from looking like she was 17 to looking like she was 27 very quickly. Yeah. Um, there's some speculation about some kind of like in- lip injections right. and like uh, potentially other plastic surgery. I mean, she says in that I've had experiences yeah. that 35 year old women haven't had. Yeah. I'm just like, well, but you're 18. Yeah. Like, you that, know. And like that is sad. Yeah, it is sad. I feel, yeah, it's just such a, it's such a bummer. I mean, it's, it's also just makes you realize um, how like unique her, her circumstances are. Yeah. And like the, like it's so cheesy, but, like the price of fame. So it's like definitely been sort of uncomfortable to watch this unfold. Not so much fun. No, not at all. I do think there's just a nice, nice thing that three of these sisters will be raising kids that are the same age. Hope they find support and community with each other. Yeah, and four out of five all have young children now. It's so crazy. It must be weird to be Kendall. Must be really weird, but maybe she's having a great time. Maybe. Moving on. Kylie announced the name of her daughter yesterday, and it is Stormy. S-T-O-R-M-I. Stormy. As in, the weather is stormy. Give the full name. Stormy Webster. Right, okay. Obviously, the stormy is a problem given recent political events. Sure. The first thing I thought of was Stormy Daniels. Yes. Correct. Yes. Porn star and alleged mistress of the President Donald Trump. And as many people pointed out on Twitter yesterday, it became very clear that Kylie Card- Kylie Jenner does not read the news. Though, candidly, that was like the least surprising revelation I, of anything that happened yesterday. I just want to say, she might not read it, but I believe she absorbs it by osmosis because I don't think... Yeah, but do you think she's following like no. Maggie Haberman on no. Twitter? No, but like a lot of the time I'll like have a thought or like think of something and I'll be like, wow, what a coincidence. Like the X, Y, and Z are also happening or like someone on Slack mentioned this and I feel like you absorb words that knowing where they came from and I feel like she probably like heard Stormy at some time and like it was like oh interesting name I genuinely don't think she did like who is she who is she following on any social media platform that is even following those accounts to then have them like recommended to her maybe for, like, CNN people was to on follow at like a waiting room and the doctor that's my best guess do you really think she's going to, like, a normal doctor <laughs> that has CNN in the waiting room? First of all, doctor's coming to her. Okay, you're right. I, I do not think that Also, she new- probably didn't decide in the last three weeks to name her child Stormy. TMZ says that she decided before the child was born. But it doesn't say I mean, when. Yeah, could have been. I mean, it could have been last week then. Who knows? It's just horrific. Even if there wasn't Stormy Daniels, I would still think it's a horrible name. I agree with you. Of all the Kardashian children, yes. I'm going to put it at the end of the list. Okay, I, get- and I have an official ranking. Yes. I rank everything in my life. Like, Great. literally everything. Whether I share those rankings or not, just know they exist. Okay. It's a joy being friends with you every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, number one. Penelope. Penelope Disick. That's great. She, is that's a great, nice, normal name. It's really lovely a little name. girl. I've always found Penelope to be adorable. Do you think anyone in the Kardashian family has read The Odyssey? No. Okay. Definitely not. All it, right. For, for sure not. Um, number two, I'm going to go with Mason. Okay. That's like, a, again, nice, normal name. Wouldn't choose it for one of my kids. It's a, it's a little Pinteresty for me. It's also extremely not Jewish, so it's out for me. Okay. But, you know. Well, I feel like possibly you're going to have a hard time on the rest of this, but let's keep going. <laughs> Number three, I'm going with North, a.k.a. Nori. Yeah. I don't think North is that bad. 
first of all, there's the Elijah Wood movie. I was just about to say I had a 10th birthday party. We all went to see North in theaters. It was a lovely experience. Yeah. What I have at 10? I don't know. I'll Google it around I, then. I, I think that name is fine. And I think Nori's actually quite cute. Nori's very cute. Northy's kind of cute. Yeah. I, I think like all those nicknames are fine. Northwest is pretty cool. I think so too. It's like she's Kim and Kanye's kid. Like she, her whole life is going to be very strange yeah. and not tied to any kind of normal phenomenon that you and I would recognize. So why not have kind of a snazzy name? She's definitely my favorite child of this family. I don't know why, but I think it's partially how they dress her. And she also seems sassy. She and, does. When she, like, in a cool way. And when she was in the videos that Spike directed, yeah. Spike Jones, I was like, cool. Well, she's, she's a cute kid. She's the only one that has a personality that yeah. you've been. It, I feel like it's unfair. I know. You gotta so, give Sam Kanye a is shot. her father. Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah. It's really not fair. Okay. Things really jump jump off a bridge here. Okay. But I think I'm going to go with number four, Chicago. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because, like, at least there's a precedent for city names for like, celebrity children, like Bronx and Brooklyn. Oh, I thought you were going to be, like, you know, Virginia and Charlotte. And, oh, and those two. You know, yeah. But even, like, the new wave place, names. Place, places. Yeah, places. Brooklyn. Yeah. Places have become names. And so, like, I'm okay with it. And okay. Kanye West, I like that he still reps for the shy. Yeah. Don't forget where you came from. Next, number five, I'm going to go with Dream. Okay. She can easily co-opt some of the Dream's greatest hits to be, like, her personal soundtrack. Sure. So, like, that's nice. Sure. And... I mean, there's just a real a whole playlist. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I dreamed a dream. That's I was just, just thinking... I was thinking Cranberries. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know? There's that, too. It's great. There's a lot of potential with Dream, though, again. I wouldn't say I'm, like, pro this name. It's just not the absolute worst. Okay. And now we've hit the, hit the next tier. Okay. Number six. Mm-hmm. Saint West. I, I hate St. West. I don't mind St. itself. I, I mean, I listen, again, I would not name a child St. on my own. My real problem is that there's not a lot of flow, just yeah. kind of in a rhythmic sense. It's St. West. It's Saint a little. West. Yeah. It doesn't not, really have the rhythm that I'm looking for. No, not at all. And also, like, it's just St. is, like, unfinished. Like, it's like St. Mary, St. whomever. Great point. When the saints go marching in. Like, St. Is, yeah. is not a word you say individually, unless it's, like, emphatic. Like, he's a saint. Or what a saint for dealing with that. But it's just, it's like you said, there's not a lot of flow there. I guess the problem is if you had it like St. Litman or whatever, <laughs> just a random example, <laughs> don't know where it came from, people would think it's like St. Litman, you know. Yeah, of Assisi. Right, exactly. And Saint there is Litman something the about that St. West that is deliberate. You know that it ends and <laughs> begins and ends. I don't know why I'm like talking like a copy editor right now, but it's really, it's how I access this particular. St. is um, a girl. A boy? I can't recall. Boy. He's a really boy. cute. Oh, yeah. He's a boy. He is, he's, he's really, he is really cute. He's unbelievably yes, cute. Yes, I agree. Like I, a top three celebrity cute. The Kardashian West children are very cute. They really are. They're very cute. Number seven. Okay. Rain Disick. Yeah. Rain is awful. Just awful. It's tough. Also, it's going to be confused for like the weather rain. It's going to, it's like going to be confused for like rain it in. Weather rain would be better. You Maybe you just lean it's into true. that. It's true. Yeah. Rain should push for a name change. Well, I feel like that you can almost adapt it. You can just say, yes, you can spell it that way. Also, like, the reign of terror? Like, I, I don't know. How many famous reigns are there other than that one? It's a tough one. It's really bad. It's not a name. Like, no. it's just so stupid. And it does really seem like the one that Scott had his own say in. Yeah, and that's tough. It's just tough having Scott in the picture in general. That's I hate true. Scott. Here's the tough thing. He clearly has substance abuse issues and has, like, not been a reliable uh, 
father. partner and parent, yeah. which they don't show you at all in the show. That's just kind of from tabloids and external information and from Chloe and Kim kind of making these speeches every season, which sure. they've done that a million times. Sure. I, I think my, like what, the hardest thing for me with all the Kylie stuff, and we're about to get to the worst name, yeah. is pretending that you're supposed to like support these quote unquote unorthodox like family arrangements or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm a bad person for be for like worrying about like, will this child have her father in her life? And like, what will it be like right. with her mother? And like, yeah. that is like a judgmental thing. It certainly, it certainly is a value judgment that I'm putting out into the world, but I also don't know why we're not like, you can't like talk about that. Like, I, I don't, it just seems like it's hard for celebrities to be parents in general because of their, um, their schedules. And I don't mean that judgmentally at all. Yeah. But like, even when you're talking about JLo and A-Rod, who both seem like very committed parents, particularly A-Rod, right. it's like, you have to be all over the place. You're traveling all the time. It's so difficult. Right. And so like, I don't know why we have to pretend that it's going to be easy for 20 year old Kylie and 25 year old rapper, Travis yeah. Scott, who clearly has like a, he will tour and like to keep doing his job and making money. will have to like by necessity, not always be available. Like, I don't, I don't know why I have to feel bad about wondering how it's going to go. I don't think you do. I think, I actually think the kids would be okay because they have so many resources. It's true. And, and they have each other, which is really nice. They have each other, which is, which is nice. But the thing that you don't see, and then I think it would be really instructive and actually a public good to show is like the armada of nannies yes. and people who are helping them uh take care of these children totally. which is there's no shame in it and it is how not at all many people need to live their lives and i feel like I, you always see a lot of moms talking about i wish they would show the nannies i wish they would show how this actually gets yeah. done it's a lot more Shout complicated to Amy she gave a great speech yeah, about this exactly. one, time, one time but i just kind of think you're wondering because you don't have information and you don't yeah. have a complete picture and you're kind of like, this does not add up the way that they're right. presenting it, which it doesn't. And it's p- projecting a kind of rosy outlook. Anyone can do this at any time, right? which is not true. They have like all the money in the world and they have a lot of help and they're in a very special position. Yeah. And I think I would actually like feel less judgmental. And, like, less bad about, like, questioning what kind of parents they're going to be yeah. if they were more open about, like, the support that they have. Yeah. I don't think we should pretend that, like, it's necessarily a good idea for, like, people with a lot of commitments Not at a very at young age especially, to have Especially when their whole business model is asking you to follow their every movement yeah. and invest in them as people and be fascinated with how they live their lives. Yeah. They've kind of opened the door to that themselves, which, in Kylie's case, she certainly seems to regret. And I understand why. Yeah, because she's so young. And hopefully she won't regret the single worst name in the Kardashian family. Number eight, Stormy. I there Stormy will definitely change. I mean, what's her middle name? I don't know. I, I don't hope think they revealed that. For some reason, I feel like it's like Stormy Brienne or something. <laughs> I feel like in a year, there's definitely a name change. My other theory was that what if the actual legal name is Storm? Storm. And they're calling and then, her Stormy. Yeah. I don't have any factual basis for that. And I don't know why I'm giving her the extra credit for it. But I somehow want to believe that... Somehow I think some of this has to do with is the name emoji correspondence, you right. know? If I was North, yes, I would go in the direction of Prince and be like, I'm just going with a logo and I would make it like a very elaborate like up like arrow. a compass sign? Like yeah, like a compass no, sign a or like one. a like an uh, I would going just like northwest. Yes. I would just like okay. own the arrow and be okay. like and just like change to a symbol. I okay. think there's just the most potential for Northwest, even though Penelope and Mason are objectively better names. Yeah. Penelope is. I think I might go north over Mason. Really? Yeah. Wow. Why? Because Mason jars are just too played out. Yeah. <laughs> really? It's just like <laughs> that's I, why you're thinking Pinterest. I, I know. I immediately just think of like too many 
Pinterest boards and wedding planning, which I didn't do, and I just have a PTSD attack. So no, I still feel I still feel good about a, a nice dinner that's lit with um, tea lights in a mason jar. I don't even mean to say that I'm against mason jars. <laughs> I really You're don't. Coming, Colin, against mason jars I really, and mason disick by Amanda Jobbins. Many things, as you know, <laughs> but I think it's perfectly fine. I love a nice like butcher paper running down the table and some rustic whatever dinnerware. By the way, can I just say a two-second thing? So I recently started taking ceramics. Mm -hmm. The classes were a Christmas gift, very thoughtful, and I needed somewhere to go on the weekend, I guess. I don't know. So I did not understand how hard ceramics is. Mm. It's really hard and requires a lot of like upper body strength, Uh which I don't have. And so I've literally taken one class and the newfound respect that I have for all of those ceramic plates that you get at the restaurants. <laughs> Heath, you know, good job. Heath, I mean, Heath and Heath Associates, anyone who's trying to do that, along with the mason jars and the butcher paper, that whole aesthetic takes so much work. <laughs> I have literally no idea. And I, so I don't want to judge. I like mason jars. I just wouldn't name a kid it. Good, I think North is a better name. Good luck to all, to this entire family. I, w- yeah. I wish them well and hope for the best, though I'm concerned. Yeah. Juliet, I have a very important fashion-related item to talk to you about. But first, let's talk about Hotel Tonight. Fun fact, Amanda. Unlike flights or other travel, hotel rates actually get cheaper at the last minute. Hotel Tonight, a great app, partners with awesome hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, which means we get the amazing deals. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps and a swipe to book a room. There's no long, endless list of a zillion hotel choices because Hotel Tonight only shows you the best deal at the best hotels. It's perfect if you're busy or just don't want to overthink things. Plus, you can book up to 100 days in advance in some destinations and up to a week in advance everywhere else. You can book next week tonight. You can book next month tonight. You can book your Valentine's Day plans tonight. Whatever you want. It's great for last-minute getaways or a quick staycation, whether you're a planner or you like to leave things to the very last minute. And with Hotel Tonight's HT Perks program, the more you book, the better the deals get. So start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels and download the Hotel Tonight app now. Okay, Juliet, the Army Hammer tracksuit situation is just, it was really a moment. It, so Army Hammer did not get nominated for an Oscar. He didn't. And he immediately returned to a fugue state that aesthetically was very similar <laughs> to Ben Stiller and the Royal Tenenbaums. Would you say that's correct? It's very correct. It was a black tracksuit to begin with. So he did immediately go to a fugue state. There were some blind gossip I- items that suggested he was quite upset. And then also on his own Instagram... It became very apparent that for the two days directly following the Oscar nominations, he wore the same black Adidas tracksuit. Just the same outfit. That's what I, that's what I do when I'm like have the flu. To museums, to interviews, everywhere he was photographed, he's just wearing the tracksuit. He's also on his wife's Instagram in the tracksuit, and then she started making a joke of it. Mm. I think I really have a newfound respect for her because I think she su- suspected. And you've you've some, always been a chambo head. You've been in the chambo hive I'm for a while. I'm fascinated by her, but I think she really managed this well because she clearly sensed that he was on a dark path, a dark timeline, mm. just wearing a tracksuit. He also like got drunk and reactivated his Twitter. There was an Instagram story that I don't really think anyone else saw, and it, I forgot to take a screenshot, but it was just him 
talking about how he like woke up at four in the morning and just couldn't sleep. So he started like, doing pushups in his hotel room. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is really things are spiraling out of control. And meanwhile, Timothy Chalamet is along for the ride. Exactly. He's there for all moments of the tracksuit and, tour. And he's taking pictures of the tracksuit. So I think at some point, Elizabeth Chambers and Timmy kind of realized that what they need to do is spin this into a joke. So she starts calling it Le Tracksuit and they start photographing it a lot on Instagram. Do you follow her? Should I follow her? I check in. Okay. I don't follow her, but I check in okay. regularly. And then at some point, so Hunter Harris at Vulture writes an article about the tracksuit. Then apparently Elizabeth Chambers buys more tracksuits and more colors. So the next week he's literally just finishing all of his press obligations only in tracksuits incredible it's a it's a real i don't give a fuck i'm not dressing up anymore my campaign is over it absolutely is but it's also basically his wife and friend turning a true existential breakdown into hilarious internet content i can't believe how they spun it it's incredible is chambo the next chris jenner it seems entirely possible. I'd prefer that. She really, really leaned into it. I have a lot of respect for her. Do you think anyone else calls her Chambo? Probably not, but... I'm going to go with it. It was pretty special. Timothy Chalamet is just... He's breaking out right now. He's, he, meanwhile... He's just living life. He he went to the Oscars lunch this week. And first of all, I love that he's tight with uh, Saoirse Ronan. I think it's, it's like cute. really yeah. cute. Seems like everyone in Lady Bird really liked each other, which I think is just really nice. Yeah. In kind of like a very like PR way. And... um. He also Instagrammed a picture of like Kobe in the background behind him that Kobe was like participant in. That's true. But they weren't like together. And he is just like living it up right now. That's true. One of the many ways in which he's living it up is that he was recently on the cover of V-Man, which is a men's fashion magazine. And he was interviewed by his personal hero, Frank Ocean. Yes. And Timmy has no chill. None. None. I love it. He is so thrilled to be... Interviewed by Frank Ocean and just doesn't try to hide it. And it's awkward and endearing. An amazing thing about him is that he has no chill, yet he's not thirsty because he's just like, he's getting it. Like, he's living a celeb life. And it's not like, it's not thirst. It's just like a really weird enthusiasm that is very out of place in like this top tier of celebrity right now. And it's incredible. It makes for great content and makes him very lovable. He's young and he's happy to be there. And he is apparently not self-conscious enough to keep from doing things like singing to Frank Ocean. Incredible. Just oh, incredible. Wow. Frank Ocean. Um, and Frank Ocean is just like, don't do that. Is it? Yeah. He literally, he literally said, don't do that. Frank Ocean is a one of a kind talent and also seems quite ornery. And I can't imagine what it's like to be interviewed by Frank Ocean. I would love to be interviewed by Frank Ocean. I, think I feel like it would be like a psychological duel of like, who's going to win this interview. And Timothy Chalamet obviously didn't approach it that way. Well, sort of the energy levels would be quite different because you and Timmy are on one spectrum and Frank is clearly a more reserved, takes his time, sure. thoughtful kind of guy. I, I just also love that Timothy Chalamet had like no sense of that. Like he's not like, I'll meet you on your level kind of guy. Not at all. We've got more to come because the Oscars are still a month away. It's very exciting. So much more Timmy. There's been a real estate bonanza in the celebrity world and we're going to get into it. But first, let's talk about the big picture. Hey guys, this is Sean Fennessy, the editor-in-chief of The Ringer, and I want to tell you about a podcast I host called The Big Picture. Each week, I welcome a different filmmaker to talk about their latest movie and how it was made. I've talked to the directors of some of my favorite movies, including Jordan Peele, Greta Gerwig, Ryan Johnson, Barry Jenkins, and dozens more. You can find new episodes on the Channel 33 feed every Friday by going to theringer.com backslash podcasts or by subscribing to Channel 33 wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you'll check it out. 
Let's get into our favorite topic, celebrity real estate, beginning with my dream home, which is currently owned by Jemima Kirk. And it is in Cobble Hill. It's a brownstone. It's $4.4 million. And it has the best city terrace I have ever fucking seen. I cannot believe it. It's also just like, it's so stylized, but it just fucking works. I don't know. I'm I'm so overwhelmed that I just moved to expletives by how much I love this home. It's really beautiful. It's definitely, she clearly renovated it herself. It's definitely a Jemima Kirk a, a home. Yes. It's not an apartment. It's a full home. It's a home. Yeah. And I don't know that I would make every decision for me personally in this, sure. but she really makes it work in a way a lot of celebrity houses don't. They always kind of feel like someone just like ran through an, an antique store and then an art supply store yes. and it was just like supermarket sweep. And yes. this is very deliberate. And looks good and, like, works together. I also, we just got to reiterate the terrace. The terrace is amazing. This, I mean, this terrace looks like it's in L.A. Yes. It would be an incredible terrace in L.A. You'd be like, wow, you're living the dream. It's like a semi-enclosed, screened-in terrace that leads down to a garden and has remarkable tile. Like, it looks like Italian tile. It's, it's just so beautiful. And it has a heat lamp, so it's all seasons. It's just, like, it's so perfect. I would spend all of my time out here. The semi-enclosure, it looks like you could probably fully enclose it for winter, is brilliant. I don't know why more homes in New York don't do this. I guess it's for cost prohibitive, but if you own this kind of home, you probably could do it at this point. Like, it's just so beautiful. I also just want to say, it looks a lot to me like a ABC home showroom, but, like, in a good way. Yeah. Like, it looks like a lot a lot of inspiration from that kind of, like, multi-material yes. aesthetic. Yes. And it's, like, got a dash of anthropology. It's got a dash of your favorite, like, Flatiron District restaurant. It's so <laughs> it's so nice. I fucking love it. It also has the grandest showers I've ever yeah. seen. I was going to say, a thing that in the shower, I'm glad you brought this up, a thing that really spoke to me as looking through this was the attention to detail on the floors. Yeah. The shower has a lovely, would we call that parquet? It's like a checkerboard parquet. Yeah, it's like that kind of like old black and white kitchen. Yeah. I actually thought this was the kitchen at first. It yeah. looks more like one, but it's actually a bathroom with two stall showers, too. Beautiful, beautiful floorboards throughout. Also, she has a like a wardrobe rack instead of a fully closed closet, yeah. which I I kind of like for this aesthetic. It would probably get too messy for me in general, but I think it's cool. And there's just like a lot of open space. Also, it looks like a really wide brownstone by New York standards. I mean, it's great. It's There's a reason it's $4.5 million. Congrats to whoever buys it. Please let me know how your time in that apartment and <laughs> that home goes. Um, okay, moving on to more uh, populist fare. Taylor Swift, notorious home, home oh, yes. flipper. And uh, so populist, this real estate surveyor <laughs> has purchased yet another unit on her block, Franklin Street in Tribeca. She already had a loft that was two apartments that she put together to make into a super loft. And then she owned a separate building on the block. And now she's bought another one, an $18 million townhouse next door at 153 Franklin Street, which means she has now spent almost $50 million on apartments on one Tribeca block. It is completely outrageous. The new one that she bought was $9.75 million, and it was an off-the-market deal. They call that a pocket listing on million-dollar listing. Hmm. And it's weird. Like, you raise a good point. Is this even a smart investment? Yeah, so we will share the Daily Mail article. They diagram it in such a way. It seems like she's basically trying to buy up the whole building where her penthouse loft is currently yeah. she's trying to and she's trying to buy that whole building and she's also bought the building adjacent to it so she's clearly trying to buy the whole thing and kind of have her own little colony on this street in tribeca on yeah. franklin street 
I don't know what the Tribeca real estate market is like these days. Me neither. But it definitely, this seems like a lot of money. Oh, and yeah. I just, and if she's going to join them all, then you have a 40 or $50 million apartment that's very hard to resell because like who's in the market for that besides Taylor Swift. And I just don't really understand the choices. I don't understand why she needs this much space here to try to get privacy as opposed to just going somewhere else. I guess she just likes it there. I don't know. But I mean, we were talking about this. She can't really go outside. Yeah. She can just keep buying all this so that she can just stay in her giant apartment in Tribeca, which seems sad, but also then why live in New York? I don't know. I liked it better when she was buying properties near her short-lived boyfriends. Yeah, that was kind of fun. When she bought the home in uh, Cape Cod near the Kennedy compound. And then when she bought the apartment in London when she was rumored to be dating Harry Styles. That also just kind of mirrors what you and I would do if we had Taylor Swift's resources, which is buying a bunch of homes in different places. I don't understand the palatial. Me neither. At some point, what are you doing with all this square footage? I don't know. You theorized that maybe she was going to build a recording studio if she hasn't already. Yeah. Which is smart. She probably will. Or like like some kind of, I don't know. And then then I guess she probably has space for her parents and then for her brother. And who knows? Maybe she's buying Joe Alwyn an apartment as well. Yeah. Um, Moving on. Last but certainly not least. Wow. Just a gift from the go- the media gods, the architectural gods today. Thank you to Architectural Digest. Jennifer Aniston met with them to show off her beautiful Bel Air home. She's on the cover of the new issue. It's a stunner. It's really spectacular. It's really nice. First of all, great architecture. The house itself is just really... It is a true architectural gem, I think. Yes. It was apparently designed by architect A. Quincy Jones and completed in 1965. Yeah. And it is kind of a mid-century modern marvel. And it's built into, I guess, a hill yeah. in Bel Air. So you have these amazing views. Um, a lot of floor-to-ceiling windows on the on the main floor. I love it. Me too. I love, love, love that. And then, it's how would you describe the decor? I think you described it best. Thank you. <laughs> would you like to share? Sure, I, I would. Um, I think it looks like a sort of like uh, – Tropical hotel decor on an island on a far a far off island is it's like part of an archipelago. So sort of like an apart a uh, hotel in the Maldives or what I imagine that looks like. Yes. Or a hotel in like Bora Bora or something like that. Yes. As designed by An the people who designed Mad Men. Yes. Also, because it does have certain aspects yes. of it have a sixties vibe, which li- isn't keeping with the home. Yeah. The living room looks very much like Don and Megan Draper's yeah. uh Fifth Avenue living room where she famously performed Zuby Zuby Zoo. Yes. Much to Amanda's chagrin. No singing. Everyone needs to stop singing. <laughs> um, there is a mid-century vibe, which is just kind of lends itself to the the house. And also, as we discussed last week, like is just super trendy right now. Yeah. Um, one thing that this does, continuing with the um celebrity trend that we've noticed is it has a half bath, which is cool, fine. <laughs> and that half bath, unlike the rest of the home, is covered with a very dark wallpaper, which I just don't understand. Like, what is that trend? It's not for me. I don't I don't understand it. Like, who wants a dark bathroom like that? Especially in a house that has so much natural light. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe you're trying to counter program for that, but I would just rather have it be airy and light all the, the time. I yeah. guess it's not. I don't get it, particularly compared to, like, this other bathroom, which is amazing, which has a bathtub that looks out into a garden. It's a large soaker tub. It's all marble. Yeah. It's on, It's made from calicotta marble. It's custom. And it's like incredibly beautiful. It just seems like like a, a spa getaway. Yeah. And I don't understand why you'd want that. One thing that's nice about this home 
as well is there's like both homey touches and like really like this is a museum. Yeah. Like in their bedroom they have like extremely high end beanbag chairs basically. Yeah. But then they also have like some couches that look incredibly uncomfortable. Right. That I'd never watch TV on. They also I can't look at Jennifer Anderson's home without thinking about the extremely crucial Vanity Fair interview with Jennifer Aniston yes. after she was divorced by Brad Pitt. And she talks about – she makes a joke about how she can finally have a comfortable couch, which literally 10 years later, Angelina Jolie in an interview with Vanity Fair after talking about her divorce from Brad Pitt says the exact same thing. I know. Because Brad Pitt does not allow people to have comfortable couches. But this whole – vibe it does she clearly she worked with a designer but there was definitely a mandate of like i would like to be able to live in my home and sit on my couches yeah absolutely it's definitely the vibe of the whole thing which is hilarious one thing that bums me out is the the article begins with her talking about how she has a office that she never uses yeah i'd love to see that ornamental office <laughs> like what does that look like oh to be a celebrity who has that just great stuff. It's a really nice home. It kind of it, it makes me feel good because I feel like Jennifer Aniston takes so many L's in magazines and like in the public in general. Yeah, and like I'm in all the weird advertising yes. she does now. It paid for a beautiful home. It really did. I'm happy that she gets to live this nice life. Yeah, it looks it looks delightful it's and relaxing. Great. Congrats to her. What a great home. We really encourage you to check this out. Thanks so much for listening. Yes, and thank you to all the celebrities for buying extremely expensive homes and, good, and taking pictures of them. Yeah, and good luck to Stormy Webster. I hope she has a lovely <laughs> life. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> 